What's going on, everyone? This is Levon Whitaker with The Playbook. Thank you all for tuning in to the very first episode of this new segment. In this episode, we have joining us the Gary, Indiana native, Jonathan Moore. Jonathan Moore is the head coach of the men's basketball team at Kishwaukee College in DeKalb, Illinois. In this episode, he'll tell us about his journey to becoming a head coach and much more. To see the visual for this episode, head over to YouTube, type in Sportswit, and check out this interview. Thank you all for tuning in. This is The Playbook with Levon Whitaker. What's going on, folks? Today on The Playbook, we have Jonathan Moore. How's it going, bro? How you, man? How you been? I'm doing well, man. How are you doing? Thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem, man. I'm doing great. Um, Good. You right now, you're the head coach over at um, Kishwaukee. Uh, yep. College in DeKalb, Illinois. You're the head coach there, and you're going into your second season right now. So, just um, give me a little brief um, background there on on that situation, man. How's that going for you? Uh, it's great, man. Actually, you know, it's actually just got done my second season, going into my third season, heading uh, this October first, man. Uh, it's been a great experience. You know, very, very blessed to be in this situation to uh, influence young men and help them achieve their dreams. You know, in their education and their academic goals. Definitely. I, I definitely um, appreciate that, man. We actually need that, need that uplift in the community and all communities, man. So it's great that uh, someone like you is in that position. Um, yeah. Let's take it back just a little bit, man. Okay. Before you became the head coach there at Kish- right. Kishwaukee, you were the assistant coach there starting in 2016, right? Uh-huh. Um, and before that, you were in high school and you played for the Gary West Side Cougars. Uh, yeah, yeah. You were a state championship, state champion yeah. in 2002 <laughs> under head coach, uh, Coach Boyd. Talk yes, about sir. that experience, man, uh, just being in that atmosphere under that coach. Man, I think uh, with Coach Boyd, man, it was just a great experience. And I think just it's, it's more than just basketball when it comes to him, man. Um, you know, you talk to anybody that plays for him, it's all just about mental and physical toughness, man. He taught us so much about, you know, uh, going into manhood and how to carry yourself. You know, just simple things like, hey, did you brush your teeth today? You know, did you, did you make your bed? You know, just how to, you know, how to treat people, you know, treat people how you want to be treated. Uh, having respect for people, man. So it was, you know, I learned a lot as far as a basketball player, but, you know, definitely when I went into college, you know, it was uh, ready for the athletic stuff. But, man, you know, coming into manhood and some of those things that, you know, you look at that were not so important when you were 17 and 18, they're very important. You get to, you know, my age, you know, which I'm 35 right now. And so, you know, I, I keep in contact with him. And I just spoke, I just spoke to him a couple uh, a couple weeks ago. And uh, he was very, very proud. You know, he was very, very proud. You know, it's, you know, it's not, it's not about us. You know, going to the league and things like that. He just wanted us to see, just see us do well and become um, good people and good men in our communities and good fathers and good, you know, things like that. And so he definitely had that. Um, and this is not the first time I heard that about Coach Boyd, but he definitely just um, helped impact that transition from yeah. childhood to manhood. Um, yeah. And so moving on. As you went off to Salt Valley uh, Community College and you played there, you had a ton of accolades there. Um, right, right. You, you had the most, the, the um, best, you, um, you had, you were on the second team, all conference, you, mm-hmm. um, and a lot more beyond that. But when you went over to um, college in Iowa, after you left there, you became the head coach, I mean, the, the head coach of the freshman team yeah. of high school. What were some of the things that you took from Coach Boyd and your coaching um, that you adopted from Coach Boyd in your coaching career? You know, uh, Levine, if, if, if you want to be completely honest, man, I had no idea I was going to be a coach. You know, yeah. I didn't want to be – I didn't want to coach. You know, I just moved to the DeKalb area. 
And what people don't understand or realize that I was a grocery manager, you know, like really? I worked in, I worked in retail before I started coaching. And, um, you know, I ran into a friend of mine and uh, he's, he's really good friends with me right now. And uh, he had an AAU team that he was running and he needed some assistance. He was like, you know, okay, you can just have my post guys out. And I'm just like, sure, no problem. You know, uh, this was in the summertime. I was doing the AAU uh, season and uh, we had some success. And um, he gave me, gave me a call around like late September, early October, getting ready for the basketball season to start up. And he says, uh, they have a volunteer spot. You know, I started out as a volunteer. Wow. And so uh, he told me, hey, it's a volunteer spot at, you know, DeKalb High School that you might want, you might be interested in. And I'm like, hey, I'm not, I'm not a coach. I just, hey, I'm just, I just know the game. I know the game from a player standpoint as far as, you know, uh, schemes and things like that. Yeah. But uh, I never wanted to be a coach, and, you know. Um, Coached four years at DeKalb and had, you know, three really, really good years. You know, won three out of four uh, conference championships. I think we made a loss, I want to say, 10 games wow. in that three-year span, man. And so um, just learning, you know, just had some good kids and working with some really good people and, like, uh, just being a sponge. I think just being a yeah. sponge. Uh, when I first broke into this coaching game, like I said, I had no idea I'd be in this uh, spot that I'm in right now. Uh, so just grateful for the and grateful and blessed for the people that I've been in contact with and have lent an ear and you know all the people that have given me some good advice and uh, kept me in their prayers. Man, that's a that's actually a great story and it's crazy you say that. Um, so let's just go back just a second. I piggyback off you not even wanting to be a coach, not even yeah. wanting to be a coach. You were actually you actually actually degree in a communication field, correct? Uh huh. Mm-hmm. So what what geared you into that in, into that um, area of study when you went to college? Uh, what was your focus then on what you went through with your career? Like obviously, <laughs> hey, it wasn't you know, the funny, so yeah. Uh, the funny part about it, man, I got communication because what I'm doing right now, I can I can talk to people, I can speak to people. Uh, I went to my advisor uh, the first couple of days, and I was like, look, I'm not a math person, I'm not a science person, you know, I'm English, none of that, you know, philosophy, like. Yeah. I can talk to people. I can give. I can do public speaking. I like so. Find me a degree that I can. You know, I can get out of here in four years and you know, be a productive <laughs> member and find a job. And they put me in. Uh, it's actually organizational communication and rhetorical yeah. studies. But you know, I just say communication. And so that's how I got into communication. Just you know, I guess trying to find the easiest role. You know, in college and not trying to put so much stress on myself while uh, playing basketball and football in college. Man, that's actually that's. That's pretty cool because um, I was I was actually a communications major also in college. Yeah, um, I uh-huh. double majored in communications media, but I, um, and I, my second major I picked up later on was okay. IT. Uh, yeah, I never I, I had the same mindset, and for a whole semester, my first semester, I was a first I was an engineering major, moved on to be right. a business major, and I said, okay. not math is not my thing, science is not my thing. I'm good at putting together computers. I'm good at taking them apart. Mm-hmm. I like media. So um, I definitely feel you on that. In the communication piece, man, just having that mouthpiece um, throughout life, man. Uh, your father, Coach Moore, man, that's that's yeah. that's mm-hmm. his thing, man. Your pops, um, we grew up, a lot of us grew up playing under Coach Moore at uh, yeah. back yeah. home in Gary Baseball. Uh, mm-hmm. And what what impact did he, did he have on you just being able to have that type of lifestyle and being able to talk to whoever or whenever and having that, that mouthpiece as an essential part of your character? Man, I think just watching him, you know, growing up, you know, us being around so many people, and it's like every time, you know, we would spend time together or, you know, we'll go to the court, we'll go to the baseball field or we'll do anything, you know, 
people was coming up to him left and right, man, Johnny Moore, Johnny Moore, how you doing? And, you know, he yeah. never met a stranger, even people who didn't know him, you know, him, <laughs> you know, and I, I faced some of those challenges, not even the challenge right now, but just, you know, him being such a big guy, has a huge presence, you know what I'm saying? So with him being physically huge and then having a big personality as well, too, he's just, it's just so infectious. He can walk into a room and command it and things like that. And so uh, I think watching that when I was a youngster and things, I mean, watching him coach and the effect that he had on young people, I was like, man, I kind of want to, you know, like if I get a chance to, I really want to have that same legacy that he has, um, you know, uh, on around the Gary Community School Corporation. And, you know, yeah. he's been a hell of an athlete at Gary Roosevelt mm-hmm. in track and basketball. And, and so I was like, hey, you know, if if it was a if it's it's a it's a it's a good role model to have, a good person to have in your corner, kind of model after. Definitely, man. Uh, Coach Moore was a, a huge influence, and his you know, oftentimes he didn't speak. When he didn't speak, you also you just felt that presence, man. Speaking yeah. of being an athlete, man, I, we've heard stories about him that from substitute teachers yeah. back in Bowman yeah. Academy, man. Uh-huh. Just uh, what a great athlete and how versatile he was in his athleticism. So, right. um, yeah, great guy, man. Um, uh, you want to into your third year at Kish mm-hmm. as the head yep. coach. What are the goals that you're look, look, looking to accomplish in your third year while being at a you small know, university? Right. Yeah. While, while being at a small university, mm-hmm. you guys come in, um, they got two or three years because it's a two-year school. How do you right. obtain those goals? And when, what are your goals that you're looking forward to accomplish in this, in this third season? You know, uh, you know, Levon, the, the, the crazy part about that question is that obviously, you know, when you, you're playing a sport, you want to win. But you know, yeah. just for me coming in, coming in from um, my second, just got done my second year and going into my third year. Uh, right now, I'm extra, I'm trying to establish a culture of this program. You know, that's it's about the culture, all right? Yes, we love to have wins. I want to have 20 win seasons and things like that. But uh, when I took this program over with five wins, all right, I think the first year, my uh, I think if I'm not mistaken, the first year me and my staff got here, uh, we won 12 games and that was a seven game improvement and things like that. So. Yeah, we want to uh, be successful and we know win 20 games, compete for a conference, you know, uh, go to the national tournament and things like that. But I think in the first couple of years, the first two, three, four years, I'm just trying to establish that culture. And then I think once the culture that my staff and I uh, get is in place, those wins are going to come. Because I think, you know, I heard a real good quote from uh, Greg Popovich a couple of days ago, and they say mm-hmm. really bad teams have no leaders. And they say really good teams, you know, they have their player, their, their coach-led, but your elite-level teams and your great teams and your championship-level teams, the players lead, you know. So it's going to sound a lot better coming from uh, players, peers, than myself, you know. So that's the, that's the culture we're trying to establish, you know, some accountability where guys can already police stuff before my staff and I can get to it. You know, so to piggyback, yeah, we want to be successful. We want to win and things like that. But I think the biggest thing, you know, going into year three is just building on the culture that we're already trying to establish here in the first two years. Yeah, and I I, I completely respect that and understand that. Um, I think oftentimes we don't see coaches that like to take the times and progress and and establish a culture there. Um, That's a tough thing to do. I believe just looking up from the outside, and it's a tough thing to do to get um, that trust from the program, from the players mm-hmm. that's coming in and out, right. and kind of maintain that relationship as they continue throughout their careers, whether it's basketball, uh, whether it's sports, or just professionalism in general. Uh, uh-huh. What being a DeKalb, you've been there for years. Um, mm-hmm. What impact have you had on the community, and what has the community had on you? What type of impact has the community had on you? 
Um, you know what? They they pretty much embraced me. I mean, you know, I moved here in uh, April of 2011 and kind of just flew under the radar and did my own thing. But, uh, you know, I've had a chance, you know, being at coaching at DeKalb High School for four years. I had a chance to come in contact with so many people, so many parents, so many people from walk, different walks of life and, you know, just to impact so many players. And, you know, I see them around town. They, you know, they, they'll call me on the phone. They'll send me a text. They'll tweet me. Uh, they'll come by practice. They'll come to games. Yeah. You know, they'll see me out in the community, and they'll just be like, hey, you know, remember freshman year, you know, it was probably one of the most fun times in my life and, and things like that. So I think um, in away from basketball, just trying to be um, the person I needed when I was 14, 15, 16, and 17 years old because I know some of the challenges that, you know, those, you know, teenagers face, especially as an African-American man, you know, uh, in this day and age. So, um so much is it's yeah, so much is obviously on the coach and things like that. But I've always told people that I feel that I just want to be what I needed, you know, to young people, you know, met where if you play basketball or not, you know. Yeah. So I'm gonna be you to, you know, these young kids right now than what I had when I was young. I don't know. I wouldn't be sitting right here and have the blessings that I've had and you know, been the places that I've been and achieved what I've achieved without those people back at home, you know, uh, like you said, with Coach Moore for you, and it's just a plethora of coaches that I played for in Gary and uh, my church family and my family and, you know, um, just guys around the neighborhood that looked out for me. So in a nutshell, to answer your question, man, so just uh, kind of threw myself in the community, you know, uh, just yeah. being a coach and, like, people recognize me. And so with that being said, it's like um, you guys had no idea. Like, if, like I need, you know, a lot of parents tell me they well, my kid needed you. Like, well, you don't understand. I needed them because, you know, that made me make sure I was on my on my stuff at all times because I know I got, you know, young people watching me and things like that. So uh, just trying to be a positive role model and a positive, you know, uh, African-American man that these guys can look to, whether you're a player or not. Yeah. I, I, um, again, I can say this over and over, man. We definitely appreciate that that type of role model in the, in the uh, no matter the industry that you're in. Um, we talk about the Cobb County. What did Gary prepare you for when you when you left the city of Gary to go out and play college basketball or just go out to the world in general? What type of um, – just what characteristic did it leave you with? What type of manhood did it build you for? I think it just made me tough. It just made me tough yeah. and you know, a lot of resilience. And, you know, uh, you don't – I think, you know, you really don't know how bad a place is because it's like your norm, but you don't know yeah. how bad, you know, things are until you like step out yeah. of it and, you know, things like that, you know, li living in, you know, a nice area in DeKalb and things like that. It was like, that wasn't so much of the case. And you look back at it like, wow, like that was a pretty tough situation. You live, you know, you're walking home, you know, you're seeing dead bodies, you're seeing crackheads, you're seeing abandoned buildings, you know, everything, you know, you know we grew up in the same places. So we, you know, yeah. we've encountered some of the same things, but you know, you go out to you know, different parts of the country and different parts of the world and you know you don't see those things and it's like your norm is not your norm anymore almost now right. so it's like now my norm is not the same as in gary you know so you know i'll go back home like this is this is a lot different thing you know what i'm used to but i just think it's just you know prepare me just um mentally you know just uh being strong and i always feel that hey uh, you can make it in gear, you can make it anywhere in the world, you know, and that's what that's how I feel. But I just feel like it, just, it prepared me for um, just for life and just making me strong and making me tough and um, definitely just a lot of resilience and, you know, and just being being aware, you know, like um, myself, you, my brother, you know, my, some of my best friends, we could have all went down 
you know, those those different avenues that, you know, our friends went. You know, I've mm-hmm. got a ton of friends that, you know, we used to all roll together and some of us went this way and then some of us went this way, you know. So mm-hmm. I just say, you know, by my family, by the grace of God, I happen to end up on this side of it, you know, and, right. and not on this side of it too. And so um, I just, it's, it's a blessing, but uh, I, I love where I'm from. I, I wouldn't change it for the world. Definitely, man. Same here. Um, speaking of just having that that norm, you're just growing up in it, man. Growing up, yeah. you know, I went to, we, me and your brother and your sister, we went to Bowman Academy. Shout out to Joe right. and Jackie. Um, uh-huh. uh, your brother, hell of an athlete. Your sister, yeah. hell of an athlete as well. And just yeah. uh, creatives all over, all over the board. Mm-hmm. But uh, me and Joey going to Bowman, and we're not uh, playing baseball. He, him playing football. We didn't have a baseball field. We didn't have a um, yeah. football yeah. field or track. We had a gym. Right. So, and I knew that it was normal for other schools to have gyms, have football fields, baseball fields, because Westside had them, Roosevelt. Yeah. Yeah. I get here to Indianapolis, and then I, I visit a school like Cathedral earlier in the year, man. These yeah. Guys have yeah. It's, yeah. It's a completely different yeah. world. You so, know, Van um, Davis, Pike, and all those kind of yeah, schools. Man. Yeah, uh-huh. Yes. Shout out to those schools. Shout out to the people that build up those athletic programs. But right. um, it's, it's just a different type of, it's, it's, a, it's a different type of grind. It's a different type of respect um, that I think that we just have when we when we see things like that that we didn't grow up with those advantages. Um, so mm-hmm. the guys that are, and, the, and the guys and the girls that are blessed to have opportunities, take advantage of them while you have it. Um, yeah. What is the recruiting style like for Kishwaukee for a smaller school? What is that like? Is it tougher? Um, do you have guys that come up to you and just want that second chance or want that first opportunity? What is that like for you? Um, I think with us, uh, Ben and DeKalb, um, we're, we're in a very unique situation. We have a division one campus that's, you know, six miles from our school, you know, almost every person that comes to junior college wants to play at that four year level, that division one level and things like that. I think so with Northern, our backyard, that's a huge, uh, recruiting thing. Uh, we get a lot of kids from the city, you know, they just want to get out of their situation. They want to get out of the city. They want to, you know, hey, I've survived 18 years here, or parents want to get them out of that situation. So um, the recruiting is, is different. You know, I try, I'm, right now I'm trying to establish that pipeline between Northwest Indiana and here, you know. I, I understand, you know, being a student athlete coming from Gary Community School Corporation, there are some coaches that, you know, don't look out for you, you know. So I was blessed to have, you know, Coach Boyd, you know, shout out to Coach Boyd, you know. Yeah. was always having coaches in the gym for us and always, you know, making sure we had the best opportunity, you know, and making sure we had that exposure for four-year colleges. But I understand that some coaches are, aren't like Coach Boyd, you know, they don't have those connections and networking opportunities. So uh, just ex- trying to establish those um, uh, those relationships with some of the, the schools back home and then just trying to make sure that, you know, people know who we are. You know, yeah. you know going, going into schools and, you know, things like that. You know, five years ago, we were number one team in the country. And then some wow. people haven't forgot about that either. You know, we were yeah. um, one of the number one teams in the country and um, went on to the national tournament and finished sixth in the country uh, in a national tournament. You know, so we've been very, very fortunate, you know, to you know, establish a reputation. Um, people know us, you know, sometimes, you know, Kish has a huge, huge, huge tradition, you know, of basketball and things like that. And so um, some of the older guys, some of the older coaches that have been around, you know, your Western Roars, your Eastern Roars, you know, some Chicago schools and things like that, um, they'll reach out and say, hey, you know, I'm, I'm the coach of, you know, XYZ school. You know, I remember Kish yeah. Walkie was, you know, a powerhouse back in the day or um, I played for Kish, you know, 
whatever the case may be, and they want to send their kids there. And, and that's what we want. That's what we want to bring, you know. So yeah. um, there's no there's no real limitations, you know. Like I just, for me personally, you know, from you know where I'm from, you know, we'll take kids from everywhere. But I definitely want to look at that Northwest Indiana, that region, you know, with you know Gary and Hammond and Highland and Maryville, right. um, all those areas. This is so much untapped talent, you know, that um, that you know people don't get a chance to. And just because, you know, the way things are right now, you know, it's kind of disappointing. You know, I try to go – I went to try to go recruit. I want to say when I first got the assistant job here at Kish, and I reached out to one of my former teammates, who's the coach at Westside right now, uh, Coach Chris Buggs. Shout out to Chris Buggs, one of my teammates. And um, I was asking what time they played in the holiday tournament, you know. And the holiday tournament was a huge fixture, you know, in Gary. Yeah. You know, that was yeah. – it was year in, year out, you know. That was, you know, I mean, it was both sides pulled out, you know, with Westside having one of the biggest gyms, not in Indiana, but in the country, you know, with that right. place being seven, 8,000 packed. And he was like, we're not planning. There's no more holiday tournament. And I'm like, Man. wow. And they're going elsewhere. So, you know, there's a there's a recruitment to it right there for, for, for coaches to come in that's not there anymore. That Those are opportunities that we were afforded, you know, the Turkey Tournament in East Chicago and Right. Uh, the tip-off classic at Westside and the holiday yeah. tournament at Westside and, you know, uh, the region round ball rumble that was in Hammond, you know. So all those different um, outlets and exposure things that, you know, we had, those are not there anymore. So I think for me being from there and understanding, you know, some of the struggles and drawbacks that that area and that community has, you know, definitely I want to go back, you know, try to reach back and, you know, bring some of the kids that in that community, you know, I know yeah. and understand what yeah. they're going through to give them an opportunity like somebody gave me an opportunity. Definitely, man. You um, touched on a little flashback Friday right there, man. That's uh, pretty much what that was. I've been yeah, yeah, yeah. It was uh, – it kept the city together, man, um, on a different mm -hmm. level. Uh, those tournaments just to come out see different type of talents. Guys yeah. that you didn't hear might, might be under the radar that had unique talents that can come right. and play for a two-year school and, and not have to, um, you know, suffer on the bench or suffer just right. their, their, their love for the game at a four-year university where they're probably not going to get that playing time and probably not going to grow and progress um, like you would like them to, like they, like you know they could because they have great right. potential. Um, you know, so fortunately so, enough, we've had, you know, my last two years we've had, I want to say, two or three Northwest Indiana guys on our team. Uh, when right. I was assistant, we had two or three Northwest Indiana guys. So, uh, God willing, hopefully, you know, been talking to a couple coaches in the region right now, and we'll, we'll keep that, you know, get that pipeline going from Northwest Indiana. You know, just having us as an outlet now. If you can right. get to a four-year school or, you know, a better opportunity than just here, you know, by all means go to it. But you know what? At least you know you can come. If you, you can do you do your things right, you do the things that are supposed to be done, you know, at right. high school and things like that, you might not be the best student. I wasn't the best student coming out of high school either, you know. But I was afforded an opportunity to go to a two-year school and, you know, get my academics together and my uh, athletic things together, get my body bigger, stronger, and faster, you know, for the four-year level. So the same thing that goes with – um you know, a player that's out there, you know, whether it be 24, it's, it's a lot different. You know, we used to right. have, you know, Lou Wallace and Horseman and Westside and Roosevelt, uh, Wirt, and you know, those right. schools don't have, you know, athletic teams or basketball teams. So it have to be, might have to be a 21st century or, you know, um, a couple other schools, you know, Thea Bowman and things like that, you know, schools that, you know, charter schools that don't really don't get that much exposure. You know, and mm -hmm. they're not that big. You know, they, they kind of get overshadowed. They're one and two A schools, and so I think yeah. that's what my staff and I come in. You know, especially with me being the head guy in charge, just coming back and coming back home, and then just um, just showing my face. 
at least let people know who I am. Hey, I grew up in this, you know, and I grew up in this. I played here. I know the struggles. Here's yeah. the thing. I'm a Juco guy. You know, I played Juco. I played junior college basketball before coming yeah. out of high school. So, you know, um, I understand the struggles and definitely can try to, you know, put you in the right situation and to help you get to, you know, where you want to get to. Yeah, just – and you know, in that, that system, on that Juco system and just being um, very yeah. familiar with it definitely goes a long way. And so having that, that type of background, having not just the coach that you had in your, in your career, but just even having a career change, what's your coaching style like? You know, you obviously mentioned that, you know, you would love to win. Um, but what's your coaching style like in terms of getting these guys to just stay in the game, having fun? Like, what's it like for you? You know, LeVon, that's, that's, that's a loaded question. It's a question that is always changing. My yeah. style changes with my team. Okay. You know, because um, at first, you know, when I come, when I first started coaching, I was a, I was a disciple of Coach Boyd. You know, I, was, I coached <laughs> just like Coach Boyd and, you know, his same kind of mannerism and things like that, you know, some maybe some of the same verbiage and things. Up. Yeah. But as, as you understand and you understand the involvement of um, – the human race and you understand how kids are evolving um i have toned down i've become a lot more you know um nurturing and caring because you know um one thing that i've one thing i've learned and i learned this from coach Izzo from working his camps up in michigan state for a couple of years um kids are not going to care where i played at you know how many championships i won and who i played against and all those other things that's all irrelevant until yeah. they know i care about them as people all right right so that's that goes into my coaching style, you know. So my coach, I'm gonna be hard on you every single day, but they have they understand that it's coming from a loving spot. Like, yeah, you know, I'm gonna love all of my players. I had a chance to coach, you know, for the last eight years and touch so many lives. And you know, like I said, like I said previously, when, when when kids come up to you that you thought you were just hard on, they was like not gonna talk to you after the season, and they come <laughs> up here to give you a huge hug and say, "Coach, thank you for you know." stand on me thank you for you know hey coach here's my family or coach here's a picture of my baby girl and my baby boy or things like yeah. coach, here's my fiance i think um that's the biggest thing so my coaching style just changes you know with my team like i understand that i might not be able to coach this player hard you know i might have to you know come at him in a different uh, situation in a different direction but this guy over here you know who's from you know a different kind of area and things like that you know yeah. i can come to him you know just like this, and then he'll yeah. understand it. It's gonna roll off his back like water. We're ready to go to war, you know. So right. I think um, just knowing the pulse of the team, knowing personalities, getting to know them, spending time with them, I think that's the biggest thing um, for a coach right now. I would probably give any advice to any young coaches coming out, you know, anybody watching this, you know, that's a coach that wants to get into whether whatever sport. I would say build those relationships first with these kids because you know it used to be just you know coach and player, and that was it. You know, right. uh, with this right. day and age, you know. Uh, a lot of my players look at me in different kind of ways. And like a lot of my players need me in different ways. You know, some need me as a big brother, some need me as a father figure, some need me as a disciplinarian, some need me as, you know, just to, you know, to, you know, um, maybe give them a hug some days. And, you know, so just spending time with them and getting to know them. And that's all the stuff in the recruiting process that you learn. But I think that's my coaching style. Just, you know, it changes from year to year. To year. It changes almost mm -hmm. sometimes day to day, you know, because, you know, you might have I have a, I might have a player to come in my office and say, Coach, you know, I got some things going on back home. I got right. I got some things going on back home. I just failed a test and my girlfriend broke up with me, you know. So now I might want to go after this kid, you know, hard in practice, but 
now I got to kind of scale it back because he's already got these things going on over here. You know, right. he needs to know I'm still holding him accountable, but it might not be. And he's just in that, you know, confrontational way. I might not be, you know, as combative and things like that. So just under, I think just understanding tone and temperament, understanding your team. And yeah. like I said, my coaching style just changes from year to year. And that's respectable. Um, and speaking of um, different type of players coming from different backgrounds, having different things going on in their life, a little more of a sensitive subject here. Um, everything going on in the world right now, we got yeah. COVID and we've had the social, social injustice issue going on right now. Yeah. Um, do you feel like you have a responsibility to talk to your current players or, or previous players and just educate them on what's going on if they're not aware and just kind of nurture them through this moment to simply be an educator as a black man um, in Illinois, coaching for a school in Illinois? Mm-hmm. How do you feel like, what do you feel like your responsibility is there and are you going to have those conversations? Um, we've had those conversations, you know, we've had it, you know, we had, we had it doing zoom and I just let them talk and you know, I, I let them talk, you know, I let them talk to each other. If they had questions for me, um, you know, I definitely tried to share, you know, um, the best, you know, answer that I can give, but you know, we haven't, I'm, I'm sharing it with them. I'm having these conversations and, you know, it's, it's a very uneasy time, you know, but I think one of the biggest things that, you know, for me, uh, being the leader of the program and just, you know, them looking towards me, so maybe for some guidance and some understanding. Yeah. Um, I think just it's about love. I, I try to tell them that love, you know, education, you know, uh, compa- compassion, uh, togetherness, you know, and just being proud of our race. Yeah. But we're going to respect everybody else's nationality too, you know what I'm saying? Like, um, we have to just, we got to move forward with an open heart, you know, and it's, it's hard, but it's the only way we're going to create some change, you know? Yeah. yeah. And I definitely respect that. Uh, that's something huge that, um, I think right now the world's looking for a lot of coaches, a lot of executives to come out and say. So um, here on Sportsman, maybe I definitely appreciate that response um, and just yeah. uh, being accountable as a person in in in, in, in a leadership role. So yeah. I definitely appreciate that from you. Um, and to get back, I was, talk- I was talking to a couple. You know, you know, I'm always you know there. People always consult me, and people are reaching out, and you know, like how do you feel about this, and how do you feel about yeah. that? I think the biggest thing, you know, I feel as you know for the African-American community, you know, first, you know, we got to look ourselves in the mirror too. Yeah. You know, we have to look ourselves in the mirror, you know, but think about it, you know, um, I am all for, you know, the, you know, the, you know, the protest, the silent and peaceful protest, you know, for the social injustice thing. And because there's nowhere for racism in our world, in our community, in our, in sports, you know, where there's, there's no room for it, you know? And so uh, with that being said, my heart goes out and condolences, you know, to those uh, individuals and that lost their lives and their family and their loved ones and their friends. But like I said previously, we have to look ourselves in the mirror first. Like we got, we got to stop killing each other, you know, before mm-hmm. we look at everybody else, you know, killing us, you know, we kill each other, we bring each other down, you know, and things like that. And so I think when we start to change as, as a people, we start to uplift each other, you know, we start to, you know, promote, you know, uh, our, our fellow brothers and, you know, we love our fellow brothers that we love ourselves and we stop killing each other. It's like, I think that's when we're going to see the change. But mm-hmm. I think uh, with myself, you know, being so close to the Chicagoland area uh, here in the Cal, you know, I hear on a weekly, on a weekly basis that it's a 45 murders in Chicagoland area. Yeah. You know, like, I mean, it's, it's, it's unfortunate, you know, and it happens, but that's what we should be marching for right there. We should be right. We should be, you know, upset about that. It's, it's us killing us, you know? So I think mm-hmm. the 
conversation starts with us first, you know, um, you know, looking at ourselves in the mirror and changing us. I think that's what we're going to see a change. But, you know, definitely, you know, this social injustice and this racism, we definitely have to um, put a stop to that as well. Yeah, definitely. I agree with you there. Um, not kill, killing anybody is, is uncalled for. Right. Um, a lot of times we can look at it as, and, and from that viewpoint, and I believe a lot of that is proximity-based, but it doesn't excuse that's taking the taking deaths, you yeah, know, yeah. taking lives of each other. Um, right. So to get back on a, a lighter topic here, um, mm-hmm. biggest, what was your biggest form of adversity that you had to face in your coaching career? And um, how did you overcome that adversity um, throughout your coach, coaching career since back in 2012? Um, you know, I just think it's showing I belong, you know, just showing okay. I belong, you know, when I first, you know, I don't, I don't have the, you know, prototypical story that everybody has, you know, yeah. being a head coach and things like that, you know, before, you know, Kishwaukee, this is my first time leading the program, you know, okay. yeah, I was yeah. a head freshman coach, but I under, under, I worked under somebody who was the head varsity coach, right? you know, and things like that. And then I came into uh, Kish as an assistant. And so, I was only six years in the game with no head coaching experience, and now I'm taking over, you know, a college program, you know. So I think um, just that, you know, um, being one of the only African-American coaches uh, in my region and definitely in my conference, like, you know, know, um, not everybody looks like me. And so there were times in my first year that opposing coaches didn't, you know, they didn't greet me before the game and things like that, you know, you know, walk into our conference, you know, room sometimes or, you know, our – our, our conference meeting room or, you know, things like, you know, you go to certain arenas and certain uh, settings, you know, people, they're not, they're not turning their nose down naturally, but they're looking like, okay, well, who is this guy? You know, like, right. you know, he's young, you know, like we, we don't, you know, my predecessor, you know, before I became the head coach, he was here for 16 years and, you know, he right. had a lot of success. So I think just uh, showing, you know, I belong, I know, I know what I'm doing and, um, I'm going to try to keep this thing rolling and try to get Kish uh, to the highest potential that he can. Yeah, I, I feel you there, man. Being a new guy in the room and then just looking yeah. a little different than everybody else, uh, I can see that as being a, a definitely a form of adversity. So, glad to see you still pushing on, man. Um, mm-hmm. Last question, man, before we wrap this thing up. What are you okay. most looking forward to as you continue your career um, as a coach? Uh, I just want to – I, I want to continue to just um, – just help you know, young men achieve, achieve their goals, you know, academic and academically. Uh, for me personally, I'm just – I'm enjoying the ride. I'm enjoying yeah. the ride. I'm not going to put a cap on, you know, uh, what it is I want to do. I'm just, you know, keep staying prayerful and, you know, allowing God to keep using me. Um, I really – my parents always tell me that, you know, um, my ministry is through my coaching almost. That's what my parents always tell me that. I get a chance to affect so many lives and not just lives, young lives as well, too. And sometimes mm-hmm. older ones with parents, you know. Um, so I want to say I'm just I'm excited just to see, you know, what the future holds, you know, taking it day by day. Uh, definitely staying prepared. And, you know, uh, I want to keep learning and perfecting my craft and studying my craft and, you know, just trying to be one of the most elite coaches, you know, around. Man, love to hear it, man. Um, we are looking forward to tracking your career as you go and just keeping up with you and what the Kishwaukee basketball team is going to do. No problem, man. It's all love here, Uh, man. Thank you for being the first No problem, man. Thanks for having me. Definitely have. Definitely, man. We appreciate you being the first first, um, 
interview here on the playbook, uh, this segment of uh, Sportsbook called The Playbook. So, again, okay. man, great luck moving forward. Stay blessed. Keep on pushing, man. I really appreciate it, man. Thanks a lot to the family. I said, what up? Will do, man. Same to you. All right. This is The Playbook with Levon Whitaker. What's going on, folks? It's your sportswear host here, Levon Whitaker. I just want you all to know to follow me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Also, be sure to follow me on sportswit.com. Thank you.